The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. The angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Hail, full of grace, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at this saying and considered in her mind what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I have no husband? And the angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your kinswoman, Elizabeth, in her old age, has also conceived a son. And this, and this in the sixth month with her, who was called barren. For, God, for with God nothing is impossible. And Mary said, Behold, I am the handmaid of the Lord. Let it be done to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. The Gospel of the Lord. Beautiful solemnity of the Immaculate Conception. This is the anniversary of my own entrance into religious life back when I was with the Franciscans. Um, and uh, so very beautiful, very powerful uh, solemnity that we celebrate today. And again, wonderful in its readings as well. We have these two uh, accounts which oppose each other, if you will, that uh, first account of the fall and then the account in the gospel that we have today of the incarnation, the answer, God's response, the way in which God will now restore us from the sin which we fell into through our first parents. And you can note all the ways in which the Lord then restores is that instead of, as we see in the first reading from the book of Genesis, we have an angel that comes to a woman, but this angel is not sent by God. This angel comes by his own malice, this fallen angel, the devil, and he comes by his own malice. And what he does is he tries to sow into the heart of Eve a distrust of the Word of God and a distrust of God himself. 
and that she might project in her heart something of wickedness into God, as if he is acting not on their behalf and not from love, that he is trying to hide something from them. And so he brings his suspicion, his doubt, all of the things that creep in with the evil one and with Satan. And so when he begins with Eve, he says to her, he says, did God really say, did God really say these things? Did God really say you should not eat of any tree in the garden? So he tries to exaggerate the limitations that God has placed upon us. God had one limitation in the garden, one. Everything else was pure freedom. And he had this one limitation, which was, do not eat of the tree in the middle of the garden. But that is again too much. Any restriction is seen as coming from a tyrant. Meanwhile, we know <clears throat> that God is not a tyrant. But the devil begins to work on this, <coughs> begins to work on this limitation that God has placed and says, you'll only be truly free if you go beyond the restrictions that the Lord has placed upon you. If you do that, then you will know good from evil. You will not die. Going contrary to everything that the Lord has said to them, going contrary to God's word. And so this doubt begins to sink into the heart, not only of Eve, but of Adam as well. And this doubt, this suspicion of God, all of this then takes root, and we have the tragedy of original sin. But in answer to that, there is an angel now sent in the gospel that we read today, sent by God. He comes by God's will. He is sent from where he stands before the throne of God himself. And he is sent to a specific place, in a specific time, to a specific person. And so this angel, Gabriel, whose name means strength of God, is sent by God to Galilee, but not just anywhere in Galilee, but to Nazareth. Before he had been sent to the temple and to Jerusalem, but now he is going out to this small, almost forgotten town of Nazareth, up in the hill country around Galilee. And he is sent to a virgin who is betrothed to a man named Joseph. And the virgin's name was Mary. This beautiful, perfect creature of God. This one which Bishop Fulton Sheen says is the world's first love. From all eternity, God has loved her. She existed in the mind of God from all eternity as this perfect, immaculate conception. And in her conception, being immaculately conceived, meaning free from all stain, she not only never sinned, but she never even had the stain of sin upon her. That's what immaculate means, free from stain. And so with us who sin and carry then the stains of the sin that need to be purified from the soul, even after the sin is forgiven, Our Lady never had any stain upon her soul, perfect in her interior. By a prevenient grace of the cross, she is saved from sin. She is delivered from sin. She is never even touched by sin. At the moment of her conception, she is immaculately conceived. There was never a moment where there was ever any, ever any sin upon her and upon her soul. 
And this grace, as the theologians say, is ordered towards her motherhood of God. It is the first grace that she receives, this immaculate conception. But what happens is that because she is immaculately conceived, because she is free from sin, her interior does not suffer from the same trials and turmoils and temptations that our own interior suffers from. As one theologian, I think it's Gary Goulagrange, what he says is he says that as we slide more easily towards sin and towards the things of this world, he says Our Lady slides more easily towards heaven. And he says that, he gives a beautiful image, he says that just as when we begin to slide downwards, we increase with speed, so also when she is moving upwards, she increases in speed towards God. So that from the first moments of her existence, everything that she does is meritorious. In every moment, that's what it is to be full of grace. She is meriting the fullness of grace at every moment. Jesus Christ is full of grace because he is the source of grace. Our Lady is full of grace because she is filled to capacity. And her capacity is ever this increasing wonder. And so as we slide toward more easily towards sin and even gain speed, so also, like Gary Goulagrange says, he says, she moves towards heaven with ever-increasing speed and velocity. Something that we cannot even imagine. I think he's right when he says we cannot fathom even what is the brightness of the interior of Our Lady's spiritual life. She is rightly called the woman clothed with the sun. Because another theologian gives the image, he says, the reason she is the woman clothed with the sun is because if you hold anything up to the sun, it almost gets enveloped by the sun. You can no longer see the thing that is before the sun and before that light. And so also Our Lady is that sometimes if we, if we were to look up into heaven and to look up into Our Lady and how close she is to God, it would be very hard for us to distinguish where God ends and where she begins. She knows that. She knows that. She knows that distinction between God and creature. But she is so full of grace, so radiant, that she is dazzling to us in her interior. And so this immaculate conception then allows for her to be meriting the fullness of grace at every moment as she accumulates these graces. To the point now where the angel who comes from heaven, Gabriel, he greets her with such holy reverence such holy reverence. He knows that the one to whom he now kneels, the one before he now gives praise, is greater than he is. Our Lady is greater than all the saints and all the angels in her interior. And so with holy reverence, he then humbles himself before her and says, Hail, full of grace. Hail, full of grace. We perceive only the exterior, but this angelic nature, this Gabriel who has come from God, sees the radiance of this soul that is before him. And he is humble. He is reverent before his queen. Hail, full of grace, the Lord is with you. A beautiful truth about Our Lady. Wherever she is, God is. Wherever she is, God is. Whenever we move closer to Our Lady, we move closer to God. Consecration to Our Lady is simply a movement towards God. 
the Lord is with you. And her response, unlike Eve, she has no doubt over God's word. She does not distrust the word of God like Zechariah did in the temple. She does, not, she does not disbelieve God's word like Eve. Instead, she is troubled by God's word. But this trouble is a holy reverence that she has for the word of God. She is troubled with reverence because of how highly she treats and how highly she values God's word. She is filled with his word. Many of the church fathers and many of the saints and theologians, they all uh, would say that Our Lady would have known the scriptures better than anyone, meaning not simply able to memorize and repeat them, but knowing their depths. Her piercing understanding, free from all sin, was able to go into the depths of the scriptures like no one before, able to comprehend the depths, and so that she had conceived, that's what the church says, she conceives in her heart first the word before he is conceived within her womb. So she is troubled at this saying, reverently treating the word of God that has come to her. She is indifferent to the presence of an angel. That's always struck me, right? An angel appears to her, and that's not what troubles her. But that's what troubles everyone else in Scripture whenever an angel appears, is the fact that this powerful angelic nature stands before them. She has no, no fear of the angel. She has a holy reverence for the word of God that this angel carries because she knows that the words which the angel brings, this word that is coming from heaven, is far more powerful, infinitely more powerful than this angelic nature that is delivering this message to her. And so at this troubling, at the word, the angel then responds, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God, and behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. This is the high point of all of the graces that Our Lady receives, to become the mother of God, the mother of God. She does not merit this as a grace, but she is worthy to be his mother by his grace. So she is made worthy by all the graces that she has received from God. And then the angel goes on with all of the things that she would have heard from and known from the scriptures, and she comes to know that this is the Messiah. And her response is not sometimes like what you see with those in the Old Testament who are called to God's service, a type of false humility. Oh, don't send me, Lord. I'm too weak. I'm not able to do this. They look sometimes, especially in the Old Testament, and we are even tempted to do it ourselves. When the Lord calls us to something great, we then look at our own capacity and decide whether or not we are able to do it. And that is the false. That's what we should not be doing. She knows that whatever God commands, he will give sufficient grace for she knows that his same word which accomplished all things in the beginning and created all things, if it is his word that wills what is happening to her, then she knows that his word will accomplish it. It's as simple as let there be light and there was light. And so she knows that this word that is spoken to her will accomplish what should be done. She is simply trying to reconcile in her mind 
as all of the commentators say, how can this be since I do not know man? And so what most commentaries say is that this represents that she is trying to reconcile in herself the fact that she has vowed herself to virginity, and yet this is what the Lord desires. She is betrothed to Joseph, and so her question doesn't make sense unless she has consecrated herself to virginity. So she says, how is this to be since I do not know man? And the angel explains to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. This Shekinah, this overshadowing of the Spirit of God, this same Spirit, this Shekinah, which overshadowed in the Old Testament the meeting tent where God would descend and dwell amongst his people, will now descend upon Our Lady and God will take flesh. And so Our Lady's beautiful response to this, Behold the handmaid of the Lord, and again manifesting her confidence in God's word, be it done to me according to your word. May we take from today's solemnity great confidence to draw ever closer to Our Lady, to learn from her example in the reverence that she has for the word of God, and that we will respond as well like she does. Let it be done to me according to thy word. Amen.